Hey guys, it's Melissa here from MelissaOatman.com. Welcome to another episode of Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness. I am so delighted that you are here with us today. We have a very special guest. Today we have with us Miss Holly Erin Copeland. She is a biofield tuning practitioner, a human potential coach, and a meditation teacher. And she has a very interesting story because she came from a scientific background and she did a complete 180 in her career field. And so I cannot wait to talk to her about how that happened. And um, I'm just so excited to figure out how you go from being a very scientific person to then getting into energy work because it's a very uh, big jump there. So thank you so much for being with us today, Ali. Oh, thank you, Melissa. I'm so excited to be here and to everybody listening. Welcome. Yeah, I am really interested to find out how you went from uh, a scientific background to now doing all of these wonderful and amazing things that you're doing to help people heal. So um, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself and what was your background in science? Yeah, so my story, I'm just going to jump in and say my story was all tied around my deep love and care for the earth. I was conceived under the stars and the mountains. And that must have just infused my soul with just this deep love of, of everything about nature and the outdoors and deep caring for the planet. And so when I was, um, you know, choosing my career, I kept being oriented towards, you know, environmental careers. And um, I ended up you know, going to college at UC Davis in California, because I grew up in California, and getting my dream job with the Nature Conservancy. So I was working for them, I was, you know, helping my doing my part to help direct where their conservation dollars went. So, you know, everything I would do waking up day in and day out was towards saving the planet. And that was a very fulfilling and rewarding job for a long time until I got um, somewhere in my mid forties. And I just started, this is about five years ago. And it was like, it just felt very hopeless and a sense that there was never enough, like there would never be enough time, money, or resources to save the planet. And so I was really kind of falling into this place of despair and just like my heart was sort of broken for the planet. I would describe it. And it felt like I was just doing all these things in the external world. And yet my, my inner what being didn't feel well. And it, I couldn't figure out how to fix that. And so I decided to go within. I mean, actually, I think at the time I wrote my Rewire My Brain project at the top of my journal um, because I really felt like this narrative self, this voice in the head just wouldn't you know, it barks a lot and it, you know, makes you feel like you're not worthy. You're not enough. Um, it was very judgmental and I wanted to get out of my own mind. And so I had tried meditation in the past, but it had always found it quite difficult. And I just kind of resolved myself to, to crack that nut if, as it were, and I started to study science, pardon me, the geek in me. I started to study about brainwaves and brainwave science and really wanted to understand the mind so that I could get out of my own mind, which is the meditative path, like how we, you know, break free from that. And I um, 
got some devices like the Muse headband to, to hear my own brain waves. And I learned about alpha and theta states that help us drop into calm and clarity. And I started practicing meditation with those tools. I met some meditation teachers who taught me a, a technique called subtle energy meditation. So I sort of did all that. And as I was doing that and shifting my interior self, all of a sudden I was, and actually it was working. I mean, I was really starting to have fewer thoughts and feel better and it just shifted my whole view. And it was like, I went from kind of outside, I went from outside in of outside saving the world to kind of being okay inside to recognizing that all, what all the great sages and wisdom teachers say, which is, you know, that, um, that like peace begins within that's where we look for it we don't look for it in the external world and and as that started to shift in myself i i really felt like oh in order to really save the planet what we need to do is save the people because <laughs> if we can help the people the people are the problem not the planet and it became my deepest passion and mission to help people get out of their own minds and cultivate unshakable joy peace and well-being and so that's what I do now through all the tools that I've learned that have helped me. So I teach, you know, I use them on clients. I love that. So tell us just a little bit more about biofield tuning. Tuning. Yeah. yeah. So biofield tuning is a sound healing modality with tuning forks um, created by an amazing woman named Eileen McCusick. And in this modality, we work in the field, so in the auric field. So we're all vibrational beings. We are all just energy. We're like bundles of energy. And I love Albert Einstein said, future medicine will be the medicine of frequencies. And this has really become my own truth and understanding. And tuning forks, if you think about our, this bundle of energy that we are in this auric field, when a traumatic event happens to us in our life, there's a, it's, it creates a dissonance in our field. And that dissonance stays stored into the field if we don't free it. Mm -hmm. And so if you have something is a trigger for you in your life, you know, like let's say you were bit by a dog when you were five years old, right? And so now like you have this fear of dogs because, you know, you go to the park and you see dogs and your body remembers that you were bit by a dog when you were five. And so you're storing this vibrational pattern of being bit by a dog in your field as a memory. And what biofield tuning does is it, I systematically go through the field with tuning forks and literally like find that bundle of energy that represents the bitten dog in the park. And the fork talks to your body and your body, which wants to be in resonance and harmony, right? We, we have a, we all have a blueprint frequent, you know, a set of blueprint resonance that we're, that we're operating at. We're singing that blueprint song mm -hmm. and that barking dog isn't, wasn't meant to be part of that blueprint song. It's a dissonance in the field. So you bring the tuning fork into that, into that space where that you know, barking dog memory, that bad memory is, and the body has a conversation with it. And it actually allows the body to be free to, to create resonance in that spot and free your body and yourself from that trauma. So it's deep healing work to free yourself from old patterns, traumas, um, you know, it can be emotional, physical, um, 
you know, trauma or, or dissonance. Um, and yeah, these sessions are just amazing. I do it because it was, you know, it works. It, I had it done to me and it, it just, it's very, very profound work. And so I do that now as part of the, the work that I do. That's fascinating. Um, do you, is this something that can be done like distantly to where you can work with clients or do they have to be in person with you? Yeah, it, yes, it is done distance. I work with people all over the world because vibration and energy does not know uh, time or space. Right. So I do have a local place where I do some in-person sessions for people locally, but um, it's just as effective actually um, to work at a distance. So that's, that's most of the work that I do. Yeah, I get that question a lot because I will have people who say, well, you can't do Reiki distantly. Like, you know, you have to be in person, you have to touch the person. And that's not the way that I was taught because I was taught that energy can move through any space. So it doesn't matter if I'm, <clears throat> excuse me, if I'm here and you're there, it works just the same. And, and I found that to be true when I've done Reiki because I use my family as guinea pigs when I was first learning how to do Reiki. I'm like, can I do a practice session on you? And so I did that with my sister. I had her come to my house and I did an in-person session where I did, I did like my hands on her. And then she called me one night and was like, I just really need, I can't sleep. I'm having pain. And so I did Reiki over like Zoom with her. I said, well, let's do a Zoom session. And she was like, I slept like a baby. I felt so much better. So it worked just the same. It didn't matter. And that was just kind of the proof for me that, oh yeah, this does work no matter if you're in person or if you're distance, it doesn't matter. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just like you, like by doing it and experiencing that it works, even though my scientific mind can't get my brain around why, <laughs> how that could possibly be, uh, it doesn't need to, because I've now worked with hundreds of clients, you know, around the world and, and they've experienced incredible benefits. So like over and over and over again, I mean, basically every session I do, people receive benefits and they like, you do that enough and you're like, okay, it works. I don't, yeah. my, my brain doesn't know how, but it works. Oh, it yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that's really interesting that you use the, the tuning forks too, but it makes sense because to me, music itself in that vibration of any kind of music yeah. can be extremely healing. It has the ability to, if I'm having a bad day, I just turn on something really soothing and it can turn it around just like that. So I, I can see how that would be very beneficial. And we know, I mean, how many people you talk to are just like music is healing, music soothes you, you know, and it really does. So I think that's really interesting. I I'd honestly never heard of using, I know people use the singing bowls mm -hmm. to clear energy as well, but I've never heard of the tuning fork. So that's, I'm really glad that you brought that up and, and mentioned that because I had not heard of that before. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. It, I'm so glad to introduce it to you and your listeners because it is an amazing modality. It truly is. Um, you know, and I use, I use crystals sometimes to supercharge, you know, to kind of do extra clearing in spaces. I work kind of on the body with them, but the, you know, it's like the body is an instrument that is, you know, just like an instrument can be tuned, we can be tuned is, is how I experience it and see it. Um, and 
what's amazing is it's like not that hard, Melissa. It's like, it's surprisingly simple um, and incredibly effective. So it's very exciting modality. I, I absolutely love it. <laughs> Can you tell I'm, I'm like, I love this modality. <laughs> well, I didn't want to heal trauma. I mean, everyone experiences trauma. I don't care who you are. Birth is traumatic for people. So everyone at some point in their life experiences different forms of trauma. So yeah, for many people, they spend their whole lifetimes trying to figure out how to heal from it and how to break those patterns that are caused from all of this trauma that they've had in childhood. So to find ways that it can be healed that are, I mean, this sounds like you said, it incredibly simple. Yeah. I mean, it's, it amazes me how even, you know, even just one session, people can have life-changing impacts. I mean, I worked with someone two weeks ago. That's what she said. Like after one session, I, this feels life-changing to me. How exciting is that? Like, yeah, that's incredible. Actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how am I lucky to get to do work that changes people's lives in one session? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And amazing that there are people out there like you who are doing this because, I mean, it takes people finding it obviously that your scientific background did help you in a way to stumble upon this. Well, I don't think anybody stumbles upon things by accident. <laughs> I think that you're divinely guided to it, but we need more people who um, are willing to look at things from a different perspective and say, well, what if we tried this? What if we did this? That's when you find all of these amazing healing modalities that people are stumbling on and I think we're in kind of an age where a lot of people are turning more to energy work and the more holistic methods of healing rather than trying to rely all the time on traditional medicines and things like because we know um all the different side effects that yeah. those can have I mean that you could when you listen to the drug commercials it's like oh my gosh that causes more problems than it fixes whatever you know? yeah yeah I so agree I mean there are you know there's a lot of healing that you know the seven or eight billion however many we are on the planet now need and so you know there is this feels to me like there is this real collective awakening and collective turning to modalities like energy healing, which promote this notion that we're already fundamentally whole, like the body knows how to heal and is always in like my model of, of the way the universe works and our bodies work is they're always moving towards healing. Whereas Western modality would have you believe that we're always breaking down, yeah. you know, and we're just like a car falling apart, you know, and we're just trying to always kind of, you know, tape back on the, I don't know, the, the broken door handle or whatever. Right. And it's like, no, actually life is always regenerating. It's regenerative and restorative, and it's always working and moving towards actually your healing, even when we're so-called dying, but we're still, the body never stops regenerating and, and moving towards life in that sense. Yeah. So, you know, tuning forks and other modalities, Reiki that like work with the energetic system to me are, they're the, all the medicine of the future. You know, I thought it was really interesting because um, when my mom was in the hospital and was sick, you know, there was a, 
the nurses, you know, they were telling her like, you only have this much time or whatever to live. And then they're like, well, we're all dying. And I thought like, that's a horrible way to look at life. You know, like it's so negative. Um, and then I just watched a special recently and I don't remember what streaming service it was on. I think it was prime video, but it said he, it was called heal. And they were talking about how your attitude and your mindset really affects the healing process. And they talked to several people, one who had cancer and she said, you know, she had this negative attitude of like, this is going to kill me. And then, and it wasn't until she said she made peace with it and said, um, I'm healing, I'm getting better and, and kind of allowed her body, I guess, to have this mindset of you're going to get rid of this and you're restoring and you're healing. And they were just talking about, which I totally believe in, that your attitude and mindset play a really big role in your health. And a lot of people don't, I think we take that for granted, like we don't really realize that if you're saying to yourself all the time, like, I'm in pain, I'm hurting, I'm this, I'm that, like, we're speaking sort of into being a lot more those things that we're trying to avoid, instead of like, I'm healthy, I'm whole, you know, those kinds of things. And I think it's just one thing that we don't really think about very often. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm glad you said that, because I really really agree and what you're pointing to the power of intention Mm -hmm. to shift our reality and a couple things come to mind when you said that you know one is sound healer jonathan goldman says frequency plus intention equals healing and we know this from even just the earlier conversation about how we work as, you know, if you're a Reiki practitioner or for me and my work, all I need to do to work with somebody in, you know, Sri Lanka, <laughs> somewhere around the world is to bring the intention of working on them. And suddenly they're there. Yeah. You know, I don't, again, my conceptual mind cannot wrap my brain around how that's possible. However, it's true. And so, you know, that's how powerful our minds are. Mm-hmm. Eileen McCusick says like, our minds are the most powerful tool we have, even above the, the, the beautiful healing tools like tuning force that we have. Actually, our mind is the most powerful one we have. To your point, like even just shifting your mindset about your body healing has the capability to heal you. Yeah. No, we're our biggest tool, our own bodies. Yeah. Yeah. And our own minds. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I I saw that firsthand, even with just having physicians, like if you have a physician who's like, yeah, you're going to get better. You're, you're doing so well. And is positive as opposed to having one who's like, well, this is grim. You know, I, I saw it firsthand and it's frustrating to watch someone like, why would you ever, I mean, yes, Yes, you want to be honest, whatever, but there's a way to encourage people to instill hope, which I think everyone needs, you know, I mean, you don't want someone around you constantly, like the dark cloud over your head raining on you and, you know, inspire people, don't bring them down, like why I don't, same thing in education too, it's like, we have to motivate and inspire and 
kids don't know they can't do something unless you're telling them they can't. Right. And uh, I, yeah. yeah. And I always yeah. would tell, you know, we, we would share students sometimes and they would want to tell me all about, and I was like, I don't want to know anything about them because I don't want to have any expectations. Yeah. If I don't put limits on them, they're not going to put limits on themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it makes me also think about just the power of the vibration of different thoughts. So along with this, you know, when you're talking about negative thinking versus positive thinking, well, all thought carries vibration. It's a frequency. If everything's a frequency, thought is a frequency. So a negative thought that a doctor tells you is just what he's basically putting forward is a lower vibration mm -hmm. of energy because those thoughts of fear, anger, worry carry a lower vibration than thoughts of love, joy, hope, positivity. Um, and there's a, there's a guy, and I'm trying to think of his name. He has a consciousness map and he mapped all the different, basically the different vibrations of different emotions. Mm -hmm. um, maybe I'll think of it by the end of the interview. Um, and so if, so sort of taking that to be true, then that explains why if somebody comes in with a lot of negativity, they're just bringing in a lower frequency and lower frequencies don't move energy. They're more, they're more stuck. They're like more incoherent and your body want, which wants to be coherent and resonant. That's what allows energy to move. And that's what allows energy. So things can pass through us. So really in that model, like pain um, and disease is just a stuck, um, it's stuck energy. It's mm -hmm. lower vibration, stuck energy in our body. And so they're just reinforcing that when they bring in those negative thoughts and feelings, they're reinforcing stuck energy. When we, when we bring in love, hope, positivity, it allows energy to move. Like, you know, I think we all know this intuitively because we know that when we're in fear and worry, we feel kind of contracted. We feel we want to hole up, you know, whereas when we're happy and joyful, we're open and free. So like we have, this is our everyday experience of what those two things are and how they make us feel. And this is just saying, well, yeah, so it actually matters in all aspects of life. You know, when you walk into the hospital, it, it matters. Yeah. For your healing exactly it does or into any situation too really i mean any yeah mm -hmm. totally absolutely did you feel the difference too when you say to yourself like i have to go work out like i have to it's not something yeah. i want to do i just have to do it or versus going in and saying i'm doing something amazing for myself and i'm taking care of myself and it, like when you just shift the yeah. way you start thinking about things it feels better to think about it the other way than to constantly do things because I have to, or it's, you know, it, yeah. but when we get in that stuck, you know, I, I'm guilty of this too, towards the end of the school year, it's like, oh, I have to go to school. <laughs> I have to do this and, you know, yeah. but it, it feels different when you can just shift a little bit, the way that you see things instead yeah. of trying to, you know, just yeah. have to, all that negativity, all the time. Yeah. 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 Ab absolutely. I mean, I think that you're so right. And that kind of day to day 
experience of being a human and all those shoulds and have tos and need tos, you know, and my experience and what I work with my clients on is learning to actually step into the flow of life so that life becomes more like you're floating down a river. Like who doesn't want to just be floating down a lazy river in an inner tube, but actually that's my experience of life now because I shifted my way of being where I'm, I'm sensing and feeling into my heart and allowing that to guide my life. And, you know, there's some amazing systems. One of the ones that I was taught that helped me so much was from Tibet, a system called um, Mahamudra. And it's a way of kind of seeing our innate divinity and our own mind as being already calm and peaceful. And that we just need to kind of to flip our perspective away from our focus on the external world and all of that and come back home to our own heart and allow that heart wisdom to guide our life, which is like stepping into the flow with the divine, um, which to me just wants to, it wants that for us. It wants us to flow with ease and joy. Um, That's what we're, we actually, it's there for us to reclaim if we're willing to open up to it. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that Life isn't meant to be such a struggle, but I think that we make it that way for ourselves many times. And I'm guilty of it too, you know, we're human. And so we immediately go to those instincts that we've learned that keep us safe, but then it's actually making things a lot harder for us. And that getting into the flow is so important, but it's also, I think, one of the more difficult things to learn how to do for people because we've, like the moment something doesn't go our way, we want to control it. We just want to grab it and control it. And that usually does not make things better. (laughs) No. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly right. That there's a perception of control um, that is actually what's keeping us from living in joy. Um, And that is sort of, this eluded me for so long. Like I would just hear, just let go, just let go. I'm like, what does that really mean? How do you really let go? I don't get it, you know? Um, and, and for me, the meditative practices I learned and, and many of them are open-eyed, like just shifting out of the thinking mind into our heart-based way of knowing the world, because it's actually the thinking mind that's creating the problem. The thinking mind is the one that says like, you need to go to the gym. You know, your heart actually isn't speaking that the mind is speaking that. And, and so you have a choice, you have a choice to actually not listen to your mind and your thoughts, but to feel into your heart. And like, there's an intelligence that's greater than your thinking mind that's centered in your heart. It's like this deep heart wisdom that knows actually like what's, you know, what kind of is really in alignment with your being. Um, And so if you can just, you know, these practices that, that I teach and and uh, work with people on in meditation to, to just, but you can even do it now for anybody listening to just let yourself drop out of the thinking mind, that kind of narrative behind the eyes and just allow the center of your being to come into your heart and like look out at the world like you were looking through the eyes of your heart and notice even in that 10 second shift, does your experience of being in the world shift? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love that because I think we are too much, you know, that's where the overthinking comes from. And that's when the fear kind of takes over. And that's when we start acting and behaving in ways we wouldn't normally 
Captain Haven, you know, and that's what causes the struggle, I think. It causes us to feel like we're swimming upstream instead of, like you said, being in a lazy river and just floating, which is so much easier. But it's true. I mean, whenever I I went to Sedona and I was hiking and walking past this beautiful stream and I just heard over and over just like let it let it go. Let it go. Let it go. And I think that's so hard for us to do, but it's so important to just be able to let go. Right. Yeah, no, the mind, the mind wants to control to keep us safe. It's doing its job to to keep us safe. And so it can seem very paradoxical to like, well, don't I need to control this so I'm safe? And all the wisdom teachings are actually saying, no, you're already safe. You're already held by the universe. And if you step into this awakened heart space, this presence-based way of knowing, it has all the answers. Like it's already within you. Um, It's not that you stop acting. You don't become like just, you know, a blob but you actually act from a different space that isn't governed by fear Mm -hmm. and worry and doubt and and judgment and all the things that keep us locked in the struggle. Yeah. And it's so right. Like we're not meant to be in the struggle. We're actually meant to be in the lazy river. Yeah. And when you can get into that mode, for me, I feel like the guidance, the great ideas, where you're like, where did that come from? This <laughs> solved all my problems. That's when that, I mean, mm-hmm. you think about it, a lot of people, they go to sleep and they wake up and they're like, I have this epiphany about this problem. And it's because when you're asleep, you're in this relaxed state where you're not trying to control everything and your subconscious or unconscious mind is more, you know, taking over rather than the brain thinking about everything and trying to control everything. So when you're in that state, in your waking state, when you can be more in that, that's when you realize like you you get those great ideas or you get that guidance, like go to this place, don't go to that place. And, you know, I mean, I think it's, we just need to get to the space where we can be more in that. um, Like you said, I I would consider it heart space, I think. Yeah, Yeah, I consider it heart space too. Yeah, very much. I just so want that for everyone to know that that's possible Um, because, you know, so many people are locked in fear. And, you know, for me, one of the things that really helped was to actually be very conscious about what I was watching. Mm -hmm. So I actually took a big news holiday, you know, a big news break um, starting about four years ago and just, just decided, you know what? All this news that, you know, I used to read the New York Times in the morning and whatever. Um, it's not my news anymore. It's not relevant. Actually, my news is tuning into podcasts like this and um, and the healers and, and people who are speaking with a high vibration. That's my news, you know, and newsflash, you get to choose your news. You actually get to choose what comes into your, you know, is your input. And I don't think people really spend enough time choosing that consciously and wisely and realize that they would be so much happier if they made careful choices about what to listen to. Yeah, I agree. Even on social media, you can choose who to follow, who to, you know, mute or whatever you want to call it on the different social media platforms. But that makes such a big difference. If you've got someone 
constantly complaining and griping and where it's always about politics and whatever that drains your energy as you're sitting there listening to it and and also the fear is a huge factor because yeah the media that's their biggest seller is fear sells exactly so you know <laughs> they're trying to you know make us fearful and you know it doesn't mean you need to be you know, ignorant of the world, if it's, if it's important to you, you know, you can do that, or you can do what I did at the time, which was just tell my family, if something important happens, will you just let me know, you know, <laughs> so I'm not <laughs> completely ignorant. Um, you know, so I, they were just my filter. Cause at the time my, my um, partner was able, was a better filter. Like it didn't bother him. So I was like, okay, great. Well, if it doesn't bother you, you be my filter and tell me, yeah, you know, you can, there are creative ways around it. Um, and oh just especially if it's really if you're listening and it really pulls you to take a break and just see what happens see how you're different if you're not you know really pulled by that stuff because I feel like all of us I feel like the world is like on fire and we have the potential to be firefighters that show up you know, at the world that's on fire and we don't want the fire, you know, we expect when the firefighters show up to fight the fire, they show up like calm, clear, and ready to go. Yeah. Like here I am, I'm ready to fight this fire, right? Or firefighters, we're not gonna expect them to show up and be like, I'm tired, I'm stressed. Oh my God, oh my God, house on fire, you know, right? They're, the yeah. reason we, they're our heroes is because they show up calm and relaxed and ready to help. And I feel like that analogy to me is like how I see the world, like, the world needs me to be calm and clear and co and collected to help the world that that is literally seems at times on fire. Mm -hmm. And for me to help and show up in that way where I'm calm, collected and relaxed, I need to be very conscious about everything that comes, you know, all the frequencies that I'm sort of taking in, yeah. um, whether it's what I eat, which I might, you know, which I'm very careful about or what I listen to or what I watch, you know, again, not that we put ourselves in a balloon or a cocoon, but just that we take the time to like, to do what we need to do to do self-care and nurture so we can show up ready to help, you yeah. know, whatever that looks like. And I, what I've found is that actually now that I kind of cleared my, cleared my energetic system and I can show up ready to help. Now I have this resilience or capacity that when I hear about the school shooting, I don't go reactionary anymore. I'm able to like absorb it, feel love and compassion for it. I feel deeply, you know, moved, but it doesn't trigger me like things used to trigger me, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I get it because the same way um, you're seeing it blasted all over everywhere. And I, even as a teacher, I have the same opinion of like, I can't allow myself to get so emotionally and energetically involved in this, not because I don't care, because I absolutely do. And I pray that things change and, you know, and I, I'm absolutely willing to be a part of whatever change I can make to help this change come about, but I'm not going to let it. I don't want to be angry and, and fearful and all of that all of the time. Like, I just can't do that. And it, that doesn't help that situation anyway. It's not helping. It doesn't, it doesn't help, yeah. right? It, uh, anger and outrage doesn't help. People who are calm, clear, and collected 
and thoughtful and loving to me is what's going to shift the planet. Yeah. Yeah. Because there have to be changes, but you have to be clear and decided about what those changes need to right. be and how you go about it. Correct. You can still bring, I don't want people to get the wrong impression. You can still bring a fierceness to and result resolution to something you care passionately about. So like, you know, I've heard the term like fierce love. So you can bring fierce love to, you know, we need to change the situation in school safety and with guns, you know, just to bring in a topical example, like you can bring a fierceness to that without bringing in fear. There's, there's actually a way, you know, to be really fierce and clear and not in fear. Exactly. I agree with you hundred percent. Well, I have loved this conversation. This has been so fascinating. Um, so tell us how um, can people work with you? So I know you do so many great things. You do the biofield tuning and you're also a human potential coach and you also are a meditation teacher. So if people are out there listening and they're interested in any of these modalities, how can they work with you? Yeah, you can find all of the information about connecting to me in these various ways on my website, which is heartmindalchemy.com. So H-E-A-R-T alchemy.com. And um, I have a med- an insight timer channel. So you can go there for those who know the free meditation app insight timer. And I've got like almost 20 guided recorded meditations. Um, I do some live sessions for free by donation on insight timer. Um, and then I offer coaching packages where I incorporate um, the biofield tuning into the work with coaching and um, breath work as well in a modality called breath of love. Um, and I also just do one-off if you just want to come and do a biofield tuning session with me and experience those benefits. I can't promise life-changing benefits, but I can tell you that, yeah, there's, you'll see the testimonials there. I have some great reviews and, um, and I, I think it's profound. So I'd love to work with anybody with whom this resonates anywhere in the world. Awesome. And I'm going to have that link in the show notes too. So you can go there and and click on the link to find out all of the ways that you can work with Holly or follow her. I want to thank you so much for being here today. I just thought this was an amazing conversation and so much fun. So thank you for being on the show today, Holly. Oh, thanks so much, Melissa. I really love this conversation too. And thanks so much for everybody listening. And we want to thank you for joining us today as well. As always, if you like this podcast, please subscribe. Please leave a positive review from wherever you're listening. And the greatest compliment you can pay me is to share this podcast with others. I hope that you guys are having a beautiful day today from wherever you're listening. As always, I am sending you so much love and light. And I will talk to you soon. Bye, guys.